Nick Saban, it's still the massive story in college football and kind of hinted to it yesterday. And the more that I think about it, I think the more it's true is that OU fans need to root for teams like A&M to really fail here moving forward. Now, I don't think I'm going to have to convince very many OU fans to root against Texas A&M, to root against the University of Texas, to root against USC. I think a lot of OU fans still hate Miami. Um, No one has forgotten about the 06 situation in Eugene, Oregon. So really, I think the five teams that you have to root against, Connor, OU fans don't need an excuse to root against those five squads. But I do think it's very important that those five teams, those particular five teams who are going all in, going so heavy on NIL, don't have a massive amount of success. I think it's critical that Lincoln Riley doesn't get over the hump at USC, that Texas and Texas A&M don't make college football playoffs. I think it's key for OU and where we're at with this whole NIL structure that we're able to look, look back three years from now and say, all right, these five particular schools, they went all in on NIL but it didn't result in very many national championships or much success at all, actually. Well, we'll see if OU joins that trail. I think OU and Bama, Venables and Saban, I don't know if they're big fans of that and want to get on that road, but if they have to, they're going to do it, and that's that's what it is right now, all money. Yeah, I I think OU's... OU's preference would be, you know, handle it the way that they're handling it right now. I mean, they don't want to have to play that type of game that everyone else is playing. And I I think OU has the money to do some things, but they don't have A&M money or Texas money. I don't think that anyone's really going to try to argue that. So the best thing moving forward, I think, is for everyone in college football to see. Yeah, you can do this NIL stuff, all right? You can be aggressive with it. But if that's something that you want to do, it doesn't necessarily guarantee a whole lot of national championships. I know it's not fun to root for Alabama. I don't want to root for Alabama at all. I can't stand Alabama. I'm tired of them running this sport like they have for over a decade now. But I will be rooting for Alabama to absolutely curb stomp A&M on October 8th. I am curious what the uh, final score outcome OU fans are rooting for in that game on October 8th. OU fans. Uh, hit us up on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Actually, not just OU fans. I know we got some Oklahoma State listeners. I know for a fact we have Texas listeners because they remind us of it basically every single day. Like, what's the – because it's being built up as, you know, the biggest college football game of the year now. What result are you wanting? Are you wanting a 77 nothing victory by Alabama like I am? Or are you rooting for A&M to actually win the football game? 405-651-3439. Send us your thoughts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We do have the other half of the Friday Rush. Travis Davidson is joining us. He is live today at Ash Cigar Lounge in Tulsa, 4205 South Sheridan Road. And uh, what's going on, man? Big remote up there in T-Town. You already got some people filing in? Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, we've got a few people in here already. I know it's nice and nice and early on a busy PGA day here in Tulsa, but we've got uh, a few. And also, uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor here, uh, ready to hop on with us. We're just uh, getting set up on the on the remote right now, and once we're all set up, we'll we'll join with both of us. But uh, yeah, just happy to be on, man. It's another good Friday. 
Yeah, it is. Um, I, the the same pose and I, I uh, the same question I posed to the text line. I'm going to pose to you uh, that Alabama A and M game, which does fall on the same date as the OU Texas game. What result are you hoping for? Are you hoping that Alabama absolutely destroys A and M? Are you hoping that A and M beats Alabama for the second consecutive year, or are you looking at it as yeah, it's being built up too much? I don't really think it has that much influence on you know OU's future as a program. Uh, I, I look at it twofold. Uh, a, I think uh, I agree with most college football fans. I think I agree with most college football fans uh, with I want Alabama to absolutely skull drag Texas A&M. Um, I just think for, I mean, I don't want A&M A to, to rise to power, if you will, with their recruiting classes. I would, I would love to see that number one ranked recruiting class still end up with four losses, five losses, and absolutely get gobsmacked by Nick Saban, um, especially with the way he's talking about Saban specifically. I mean, you know, Saban comes out first and says, you know, A&M bought players. I mean, we all kind of already knew that. I don't think there's anybody that listened last night or the day before and said, oh, my gosh, who would ever think that A&M is buying players? We all kind of thought that one way or another. We all have kind of thought Alabama's been doing the same thing too. But So there was no real new information on that or new positions, but – I just think that the way Jimbo came back at him with, you know, somebody should have, you know, smacked Nick Saban around a little bit more as a kid, um, how he's a god and a czar and all these people, how he's dirty and dig into his programs and all this. Guess what? If you dig into Nick Saban's program, you know who you find? Jimbo Fisher. Fisher. So, like, I don't know, man. That, that doesn't seem too calculated. He looked a man. That, he looked like a man that was panicking, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I, I took that away too, man. And you know, A and M fans are you know so entrenched with being Team Jimbo, and yeah, we don't care if he's the. Uh, will, you, will you turn him down a little bit? Because um, we're getting some background noise from from Travis there. But you know, A and M fans are so entrenched in. Yeah, we're not going to let Nick Saban tell us what to do and push us around or anything like that. Yeah, Jimbo, go after Saban. We're not scared of Nick Saban. Well, you're exactly right. The way that he approached this yesterday, with I, I mean. He he got personal with him. Yeah, someone needed to slap him as a kid, calling him a narcissist. You don't respond that way, Travis, unless you're extremely triggered. And there's some truth calling there. Calling him despicable. Yeah, I mean, multiple times he he he, he he hit he hit some truth ball. I mean, Nick Saban hit a lot of truths there, or Jimbo doesn't respond that way. Well, and the and the thing is, I don't. I mean, I listened to Saban over and over to make sure that I was hearing it all correctly because. I listened to Jimbo's after I listened to Saban's once, and I thought, oh, man, I can't believe that Nick accused him of breaking state laws. I can't believe he accused Jimbo of cheating. And then I went back and listened to Saban, and he didn't do any of that. So that's where I'm a bit confused is you, you went on this tirade about how you didn't break any state laws, uh, how you didn't cheat, how you didn't do this. Well, Saban never said you did that. So if it seems a little wildly defensive and – People want to say, oh, you know, Texas A&M fans, they like being the bad boys in college football, right? Like, oh, man, you know, we you know, we do things. We'll buy players. We'll do whatever. Jimbo, who cares, right? Like, yeah, but it doesn't end in wins, and that's why we all laugh at you. So, I, and also, I'm a guy that – I'm a guy that roots. I know, you, I know you're sick of seeing Alabama win. I'm, you know, I'm sick of them, too. But give me the option of having Alabama win another title or having another – a different team win a title – 
maybe maybe like an outside, like an Oregon, a USC, uh, um, uh, another LSU title, or anything like that. Those other schools start to creep up in the all-time debates, right? If Alabama wins another title, OU's legacy does not change at all. And no. nobody looks at us. Nobody looks at us and says, "Oh man, this this team was able to get it done before you guys. It hasn't been since 2000, and you guys got it done." So, so what's wrong with you guys? Because so that's where I I'm kind of weird. Like I root for I'm the same way with the Thunder to be honest. I'm rooting for the Warriors because if the Warriors win the title, okay, cool. Steph, Draymond, Clay, they win the title. Blah blah blah. There's not another young team, you know, that wins a title and the Thunder are about to do a rebuild. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, I, I got you. I, 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 I like my team to be that team that breaks through. Yeah. And if I should keep seeing other teams break through, then it just in my mind, I'm like, oh, great. That's another recruiting rival. That's another all-time argument rival. That's another annoying fan base on Twitter that's not going to leave me alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, just re- looking at the text line right now, you guys are lighting it up as always. Appreciate that. Jimbo is in denial. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I want Bama to curb stomp both Texas and A&M. It would be hilarious to watch. Um, I think that the odds are likely that Bama curb stomps both Texas and A&M. I, I, I promise you this, all right? With the way that recruiting in the state of Texas is going right now, and Alabama's not you know, getting 10, 12 players every single year from Texas, but they like to get three or four blue-chip players in there every single year. The fact that A&M and Texas are going heavy on NIL, Bama's about to send a message. I, I guarantee you that. And, and I've said it for the past day, Travis, but if Alabama has the chance to rub it in Texas and A&M's face next year, and I think they're going to have those opportunities, I think you could see a couple lopsided scores uh, with Bama and the two Texas schools. Yeah, I think what we've guaranteed at least is that there's no there's not going to be pulling any punches in the, in the second half. You know what I mean? That's, it's not going to be a situation where – Alabama gets up early and then just runs the ball the whole second half. They will be throwing. They will be, I mean, they will be dialing up. Who knows? They'll dial up a trick play with two minutes left in the game when they're up by 30. This is, I mean, I haven't seen Nick Saban that annoyed with one particular team in a while. Can you imagine how annoyed he is after Jimbo's statement? Oh, man. I mean, he is, and, and there's only one way that Saban knows to get back at somebody. It's to rain down fire on them between the hash marks. Yeah, and I think he will. All right, 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It is the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, more to come next right here on the Homeless Sooner Fans. Brian. All right, we're back on. It is the Friday Rush live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. No Ted Lehman today. No Parker Thune today. So that means Travis Davison slides in with me. For the entirety of the four hours, you know the drill. Interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. You're already doing that. We appreciate that as always. Travis is up in Tulsa today at Ash Cigar Lounge, 4205 South Sheridan Road. So be sure to say hi to him. And Travis, I uh, we got a big-time guest alert here in the first hour. We got the lieutenant governor sitting alongside with you. What's going on? 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm quite excited. Uh, I've I've known Matt for for a short time now. He's uh, for those of you that know my background, I'm very entrepreneurial, um, and the lieutenant governor is as well. So I've been able to connect with him. Uh, over the last couple of years and rented him out at the old PGA. Some of you that have been hiding under a rock may have just learned that the PGA is in Tulsa right now. So I ran into him and I thought, hey, man, let's uh, let's talk a little OU. So uh, he's joined us here today at Ash Cigar Bars at uh, 42nd and Sheridan here in Tulsa. Come on by and hang out with us. Matt, how you doing, man? Good, we good, actually good, good. don't have his uh, mic on right now, so uh, we'll, we'll have to switch maybe his headset jack over there, Travis, to uh, maybe three. Uh, if if we're not able to do that, maybe we can have Matt on the next segment. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately his uh, headset jack there is yep. uh, not working. You got him now? Good now? Good now, Matt? You, you got me? Yes. I don't know. You got me now? Yes, yes. We, we are, uh, go. We're all good. We're, we're set and ready to go. Travis, what were you asking, Matt? Man, uh, really, I just want to know, uh, obviously, we kind of live in a bubble from time to time about how we talk about OU, how we think about OU, uh, and especially on the radio. Uh, you know, we all think kind of, uh, you know, microeconomically, things like that. Let's, I really want to know from Lieutenant Governor, uh, what kind of economic impacts and, and really what the Oklahoma football program, what the Oklahoma uh, athletic department, what that looks like from when you travel uh, regionally, nationally, things like that. How do people speak about those programs, uh, and what kind of economic impact uh, does this have on uh, the state? Sure. Well, f- well. First off, for the record, a politician just troubleshooted something and fixed something. Unbelievable! So, <laughs> hey, I put you, you on go. the payroll, Mac. I was freaking out a little bit right there. Okay. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I mean, on, on the spot, a politician just fixed something. So. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's such an interesting question. Uh, so before I was lieutenant governor, uh, I, I worked for the, the Republican National Committee, and I was in all 50 states for the 2014 and 2016 election cycles. I could definitely write a book, uh, believe me. Uh, and when I traveled to these states, I would be speaking to, uh, you know, ballrooms full of people talking about election cycles. And I would, you know, no doubt, I would most of the time introduce myself, I am Matt Pinnell, Boomer Sooner. And everybody in that room knew what that meant. Uh, the brand of Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, in large part, uh, is the University of Oklahoma. Uh, it is that it is our Sooners. It is uh, not just football now. Uh, that that, uh, but sports just crosses so many uh, different segments, and and uh, it's so diverse, young, old. Uh, you know, sports, it, it's just, it, it's such an amazing, really, you know, uh, uh, outlet for people, uh, particularly over the last couple of years with as, as stressed out as everybody has been with this global pandemic. But I'm telling you, everywhere I went, that was really the first thing people asked me about when they knew that I was from the state of Oklahoma. Oh, hey, Boomer Sooner. And yes, unfortunately, tornadoes was the second question if I've ever <laughs> seen one, uh, which I, which I still haven't, uh, but I've been to a lot of OU football games. I can, uh, I can you tell go. you that. Very nice, very nice. Obviously, the uh, um, <clears throat> border regents have been, you know, presented with a multiple hundreds of millions of dollar uh, uh, improvements uh, across all sports. You're looking at, obviously, football got got the meat of that, um, but we're looking at improvements as far as uh, basketball, softball. I mean, re- really across all sports. Yeah. Um, so, t- tell us what something like that has on the economic impact 
of the state of Oklahoma. I mean, when you put $500 million into something, I mean, I know you government folks deal with a lot bigger <laughs> yeah. numbers than that, but $500 million feels like a lot of money. It, so, so, so how does that, how does that impact just the, the state as a whole? Yeah, that's, that's real money anywhere. Uh, so there is a huge economic impact. Uh, when it comes to sports it's why i love going to towns across our 77 counties and it doesn't matter what town it is you know if, if stroud america which you're going to see that right off the turnpike you know they've invested in a new sports field right and, and they're able to now lure tournaments uh to stroud that means every hotel's being filled up that means restaurants that means small business that means main streets of america across oklahoma are making money and they're making money off you know, it could be a high school uh a baseball tournament then you get to that, that next level, really the premier level when it comes to college sports in Oklahoma or in most states, frankly. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of states, particularly even like, listen, I, I thunder up too. But in Oklahoma, it's, it's college sports. Right. And it's a huge economic impact. I, I think far too many citizens think NBA uh, or, or professional baseball, and, and they don't realize there's almost just as big of an impact when it comes to college sports. Uh, it's why we, um, as, as lieutenant governor, you know, we, we're very tenacious about protecting uh, the, the leagues that we have in Oklahoma, protecting the college uh, women's softball tournament, for example. Right. Oklahoma City's done an amazing job of, of protecting that uh, because they know how big of a deal, how big of an economic impact it is uh, for the city of Oklahoma City, who, by the way, uh, hit an all-time high in sales tax revenue a few months ago. That's because all they're time, all wow. time. That's because they're luring conventions now with their new convention center. It's because of yes, uh, minor league sports and yes, uh, the University of Oklahoma. So, it's a huge deal from an economic impact uh, perspective. I mean, the, the, watching on uh, Southern Hills right now on these television screens here, uh, that's a hundred and forty million dollar economic impact to the city of Tulsa. Literally every hotel room in Tulsa, and we got people staying in Oklahoma City, by the way, that are driving over here because every hotel room is full between here and there. I, it's, I don't know the last time that has happened, but we want more of it, I can tell you that. Lieutenant Governor right, Matt Pinnell right. is our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter, at LTGovPinnell, P-I-N-N-E-L-L. Matt, um, y- you might relate to this. As OU fans, we cannot stand 11 a.m. kickoffs, especially home games. <laughs> and, and we think that the economic impact from the store owners down on Campus Corner really suffer from it as well. Is that accurate? Is that true? I mean, is there a vast difference between multiple 11 a.m. kickoffs for OU compared to maybe some 2.30s and 6 o'clocks mixed in there? I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, it's, it's why, you know, when you have the, uh, the, uh, the time zone debate that happens at a federal level in Washington, D.C., that uh, a big argument uh, for changing the, you know, the time zones is, is to get a couple hours of daylight, more daylight for, uh, for the tourism industry across the country. Uh, but, yeah, when you're kicking off a game at 11 a.m., I've been to 11 a.m. kickoffs, but I've been at those night games. There's a complete difference. You're spending more money. You just are. Uh, and and I, I think it we kind of jo- we've joked about it for a, for a couple years I know but I, I think it's it was more than just joking I mean you, you talk to administration in, at, at OU or or really anywhere for that matter um, it, it you don't have as many eyeballs on television either uh, that's a really big deal obviously you know with with the PGA this week uh, I want everybody to I want our our, our, our boys uh, here in Oklahoma to do well but I want Tiger to make that cut. Because I know what that means with more millions of more people watching Oklahoma this weekend. It's it's just a fact, you know, that Tiger factor. I think there's an 11 a.m. factor that is very detrimental to the economics of the state of Oklahoma. Um, is there any way that we can 
even put a number or have an idea on what the economic impact of an SEC move is going to be, especially if OU rolls into that conference as, you know, what we think is probably going to be a national title contender? Yeah. Uh, You know, it's a great question. Uh, I haven't put a number on it, but I I have no doubt that we could probably crunch those numbers. I mean, the SEC, I mean, listen, that's that's the pinnacle. Uh, That's the mountaintop. And that was a, I, I have no doubt, probably certainly factored into uh, uh, officials over there at the University of Oklahoma. You're just going to have so many more eyeballs watching Oklahoma play football. That turns into so many other things. I mean, you could have an executive sitting in Oregon watching, uh, you know, uh, watching a game, uh, maybe not Oregon, but, but name an SEC state, right? Um, uh, you just have so many more eyeballs. That's, that CEO could be you know, looking at this amazing stadium, uh, you know, the Palace on the Prairie, saying, I had no idea that was Oklahoma. I thought Oklahoma was still a Dust Bowl. And then that leads that CEO to have a conversation. Hey, you know what? I'm kind of tired of operating my business in Washington State. I'm going to go check out Oklahoma because of what I'm watching on television. I guarantee you that's happening right now uh, with the PGA Championship. This is not a Dust Bowl, what I'm watching on television right now. Uh, it's gorgeous. And you got millions of people watching that saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired in my state, my anti-business state. I'm going to go check out Oklahoma. And it could, it could, all of that conversation could start with just watching Oklahoma on television. Right. <clears throat> right. And, uh, man, we're excited about those TV deals. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> you had described yourself. Uh, I know, you know, being a, being a politician, you got to be careful. You yeah. Know, you know, every everybody wearing orange votes, too. Everybody wearing yeah. blue and gold votes, too. Um, but you had described yourself to me as an OU homer yes. in the past. So uh, walk, walk me through that a little bit. How, how did you uh, find yourself as an OU homer? Yeah. Well, so, you know, how we became Oklahoma. So my dad was a very good tennis player growing up, and uh, he grew up in Springfield, Missouri. He got a full ride to the University of Tulsa uh, to play tennis at uh, at TU, and you know that's how we became. Thank God he uh, he chose TU to co- to to play uh, tennis. Uh, he was a lot better tennis player than I was, but I I grew up playing tennis. Uh, state champs, nineteen ninety six, Metro Christian Academy. Thank you very much. Really big oh, deal. Oh, there you Huge go. deal. Huge massive. Deal. Uh, so I grew up playing tennis, but I was on my way to OU out uh, of high school, got a scholarship to another university, the Sweet 16 Golden Eagles. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, of course. Uh, the ORU Golden Eagles, the ORU Golden Eagles. And, uh, and so that kind of changed my, my path. I mean, I, so I'm, I kind of, yes, I ride the line a little bit between OU and OSU, but I, I grew up an OU fan. Uh, my mom went to OU. My dad went to TU. Uh, so I grew up a Sooner. I was at the jump around game. Uh, I was there. I'll never forget it. Uh, but grew up going to OU games, and, and now to be able to take my boys to OU games is extremely special. Uh, they're, I'm raising a bunch of Sooner fans in, in my household, that's for sure. What do you think nice. about the uh, the, the ahead, new Tyler. era? What do you think about the new era, Matt? I mean, everyone's excited around oh. here. Uh, are, are you any different from everyone else? I think that this is going to be a, a huge success. Well, I, I think it will be a huge success, and you know, and as someone, you know, the, the 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 glory days for me were Sam Bradford th- those years. You know, that was kind of when I was most, you know, kind of end of high school, college years. Uh, th- those were the years that I watched the most, and, and so Venables was always someone that we loved. Uh, so to see him come back, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be prime time again. Uh, we're very excited about it, and I think the the state's excited about it too. When you saw the the amount of people that showed up for that spring game, it was just it was I, 
that the, the pride that I had to say that we had more people than anybody at a, at a spring game. And, again, that was on TV, too. Really big deal. But, no, I'm really excited for the future of Oklahoma football. And I think what, what's, what's really attracted me to KREF is we can specialize, right? And, you know, I've got OSU friends that say, hey, when are you going to talk about OSU? It's like, well, that's kind of that's, that's not really what we do here. Yeah. We're the home of Sooner Sports, right? So um, I, I'm able to only talk about OU. Yeah. So, but you being a, a politician, a local <laughs> yeah. politician that represents the whole state, yeah. What? how do you kind of balance that as, hey, I am a fan of this program? And, and people, you know, they treat that rivalry, oh, you yeah. know, that Bedlam rivalry it, pretty fiercely. So how do how do you balance that as you walk up to somebody, if somebody were to say, hey, what's why don't, why don't you talk more about OSU? Right. Why don't you, you know? Why don't you come to our games? What, what do yeah. you say to that? That's interesting well, to me. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I tell them I'm a Golden Eagle. Uh, first <laughs> off, so I talk about ORU more than anybody. Um, but listen, I, I talk about OSU a lot. I'm in Stillwater a lot. Uh, I, I'm pulling for Taylor Gooch this week. Uh, uh, he's an awesome guy. He's the only Oklahoma-born kid in the field of the PGA championship, but Taylor also is just a stud. He's an awesome guy. So, I mean, they, they have an amazing uh, pedigree uh, f- golf team, but so does OU now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I probably go to as many OSU games, and I can tell you, Governor Sitt and I uh, certainly have a back and forth because uh, uh, OSU is, is uh, they're, they're in good hands having the governor in the state of Oklahoma. As big of, he's as big of an OSU homer as I've ever met in my life. Uh, loves that university. Uh, and rightfully so, uh, that that university did so much for him. But from an economic perspective, I can tell you, we talk about OU and OSU on equal footing. We have to have our premier universities in the state of Oklahoma that are doing world-class research. And, and the great thing about OU and OSU is that you know they have different niches when it comes to that world-class research. When I'm luring a business to the state, it, no matter where that business is being set up, that business is asking me, tell me about OSU, tell me about OU, those are the universities that they hear the most about and what world-class research is being done on those universities. And tell me about the kids that are graduating from those universities because we want to keep those kids in the state of Oklahoma. Whether you graduate from OU, OSU, ORU, a career tech facility across the state, it's my you know, vision, really. I want to keep our homegrown talent in the state of Oklahoma uh, because the alumni associations in Dallas for OU and OSU are two of the largest in the country. That's a problem. Uh, and, and all of my buddies that graduated from OU left Oklahoma to go get a job down in Dallas, and they haven't come back. And so I'm really offended by that. And a lot. And I, and I. And by the way, you want your elected officials to be offended by that, because uh, I bet a lot of people right now are listening that have friends and family in that state, and they would love for them to come back and start businesses here again. And I want you to know that is my goal too. Uh, there's so many people down in that state today that it is time for us to put a boomerang program in place to go get some of those kids back uh, back to the state of Oklahoma. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, wrap up this segment here uh, shortly, and uh, we're going to bring you back uh, just for a couple questions, uh, if you'd stick around sure. with us for a short amount. Cool. I do want to remind everybody that I am at Ash Cigar Bars at 42nd and Sheridan here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, all the time, we $3 domestic drafts. I mean, you've all heard 
of the $18 beers that are being served yes. at the PGA just around the corner. You could come here, get six for that same price. <laughs> We're doing $3 domestic drafts. Uh, they've got $3 shots of the Stranahan's uh, big cigar selection, great staff. Um, their bourbon is incredible. I'm a bourbon guy myself. I, you know, just for transparency, I am drinking water right now. So uh, I know, I know, I'm, I'm sure there's some listening out there that think, man, he's he's got bourbon in front of him. But nope, water right now. But I, I do promise you that I'll be having some bourbon later. So um, great Wi-Fi, great place to dip out of the office early on a Friday. Come by, catch the remote, get some work done. Still claim your working which is always good so uh, we're going to wrap up and catch a lieutenant governor on the other side Friday Rush, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas in studio. Travis Davidson is live in Tulsa today at Ash Cigar Lounge, 4205 South Sheridan Road. Go see him. He will be there until 6 p.m. Heading out of the course at Southern Hills and looking for a place to stop by, uh, go hang out with Travis. He's a cool dude. Cool dude. Say hi to you. Maybe even take a few pictures with you and uh, post it on social media. Who knows? Hey, let's get to the Air Coverage Solutions text line because we're really backed up there. Um... I want Alabama to beat A&M 76-0. That's here. I'm going to guess that <laughs> a lot of OU fans... Specific numbers. Yeah, exactly. They don't want it to be 77-0 or 78-0, but 76-0 is still really bad, but OU holds the uh, most embarrassing right. loss over A&M's head, so I get that one. Tied 42-13, Bama 52-14, Bama 77-0. Uh, Bama score won't matter. All these NIL players will be freshmen. Hang half a hundred on them. Bama to destroy A&M, prove that that coaching is still different. So there's still not a person, Travis, that I have run across that is uh, Team Jimbo that, that roots for OU. Do you, well, honestly, do you think – I mean, let's take the OU out of this. Do you think there's anybody nationally outside of College Station that would be rooting for Jimbo? I mean, I mean – Honestly, Auburn fans, maybe, it, it, but that's only because maybe. their hate, maybe. their hate for Nick Saban is stronger than Jimbo Fisher. But I think, you know, most fans who really don't care about you know Alabama or A and M one way or the other, I agree with you. It's probably all on Nick Saban. They're they're all on his side. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean it's you know people A and M fans are coming out. Well, what did Jimbo say wrong? He was just defending his no, dude. He was up there screaming. Here's the thing. The longer and quicker you talk about something, especially when you're defending something, the more guilty you look. Like, it's just as simple as that. So, I mean, he was ranting about it. What, did he say the word despicable six times? Yeah. I'll, I'll, at I'll least. Track. At least. I, I think that was just in the first but, two minutes. You know what's crazy is, you know, the full bites is they actually they actually agreed. They agreed that there needed to be a structure. There needed to be a governing body that actually – pulled it together they weren't sure whether it was going to be government whether it's going to be the ncaa but really at the end of the day this comes down to the reason that we're having this conversation is that the ncaa leadership has dropped the ball and not only have they dropped the ball they took a shovel they dug a hole 
they dropped the ball in the hole, and then they covered it back up with dirt. And yeah. they, they've lost track of this thing. I mean, I, where's Mark Emmert? I mean, he's nowhere to be found. So, yeah, we haven't heard a st- We've heard more from the SEC offices than we heard Mark Emmert, who's on his way out shortly. He's like, Travis, he's like, forget this, man. I'm on my way out. You guys deal with this. How about that? Mark yeah, Emmert, it, he's not getting involved yeah, at all. That, isn't, that in, isn't that just crazy? I mean, that's what's so wild to me is we're, we're seeing NIL, we're seeing premier college coaches, one being – the greatest of all time by most metrics, if not every metric, and another one who, yeah, we like to pick at him, but, you know, he, he's getting recruits, you know, he's getting big paychecks, and he's won a national title. These guys are throwing knives at each other in, 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 on, on hot mics and on, on, on stage and on press conferences, throwing knives at each other. And it's... it's just come to this you know what i mean i I never thought it would come to this i can't imagine seeing this you know back in the day you you think of some of the you know back in the spurrier days or even back early in the stoops days could you imagine this type of stuff being said i mean that's incredible to me but that's the problem is it's gone off the rails and and the NCAA, I mean, we talked, uh, I mean, we, we spend so much time in the NCAA talking about, oh, uh, well, we don't know how many we want in the playoff, or, you know, we don't know the portal, and now we've got coaches doing this, and the NCAA is completely absent. If an alien came to, you know, college football land, they would not know that a governing body exists. You mean Fansville, that's a, that's not college football land? Are you, are you Fansville from the commercials? Yeah, Ryan Fansville. Fansville. The, we need to get the sheriff on here and ask yeah. if uh, <laughs> Sheriff of Fansville, see, see, if, see who uh, he reports to. I don't think he reports to anybody. Yeah, I don't think he does either. We'll be talking a lot about Saban and Jimbo today and really kind of how it directly impacts OU moving forward. But at the 2 o'clock, we, we normally kind of reserve this hour for recruiting talk, and there's some big recruiting storylines for OU going into the weekend, so we'll hit that as the show rolls on as well but apparently the staff was in Owasso yesterday to see Cole Adams in person now Cole Adams dropped on Twitter earlier today an LSU official visit that he's taking so that is interesting is there any scuttlebutt whatsoever coming out of your neck of the woods up there about this seeing Cole Adams in person yesterday if an offer is imminent um, what's kind of the current situation there between Cole Adams and OU well, what's interesting is the Cole Adams question is the same as the Ashton Kozar question. It's the same as the J.J. Hester question. It's uh, the same as the uh, LVBS question. Um, it's the wide receiver room, right? I mean, it comes down to wide receiver recruiting. And when I when I was getting messages about Kozart, one of the messages I got was, hey, uh, are we willing to let Kozart you know, walk on these officials and decommit so we can take Cole Adams. No, no, absolutely not. The class, we still want to take a full class. I mean, this is not, we can, it's not that we only have, you know, it's a quarterback position where we're only taking one wide receiver in the class. We would absolutely take both of those players. But then you start looking and you start considering that this is how the portal affects things, right? I mean, you look at the two wide receivers we brought in, both four-star receivers with, you know, I believe both of them have three years of eligibility left, and... You look at that and you think, do you have as much pressure in certain recruiting, you know, classes with certain rooms? Because we get a lot of wide receivers right now. Yeah, they do. And we get a lot of talented wide receivers right now. 
and we've got proven guys that are have actually played in college football, you know, gone through the processes and everything like that. Do you? Th- I'm curious if that affects kind of how we, you know, how anybody recruits going forward. But that's why I think it's so interesting with this Cole Adams situation. I think, I mean, the more and more we talk about it, it, it almost seems like every time I hear Cole Adams' name, it's one percent in the direction of OU where I think he's going to end up. And I know that's amazing because he keeps on taking visits elsewhere and getting offers from elsewhere and everything like that. I just have this gut feeling that Cole Adams still ends up in Norman. And it becomes all the more important if you lose a guy like Ashton Cozart, who is, you know, I don't want to get into this thing where, oh, a guy's taken a visit somewhere else, so now he's actually no good. You know, <laughs> when he's committed to us, then he's he's underrated. But when he's going maybe somewhere else, then he's overrated. I don't want to get into that because that happens all too often. He's a great receiver, as is Cole Adams. So, um, you know, I, I see it as a situation where I, I lean to probably – retaining both but uh, as far as down here everybody's pretty optimistic that cole's going to get that offer in in the coming days and i know i've heard that before but i haven't heard it as often as i have right now yeah i I mean it's a gut feel by you i don't think it's a wrong way to think right now i it feels like cole has you know let people know that ou is where he wants to play now alabama's a really good option man because they put out a lot of good wide receivers they've had great quarterback play Um, it's been a great spot for wide receivers and I don't think that he would be any exception but the fact that he just hasn't committed to Alabama even though that he's taken that visit makes you think that yeah Oklahoma though they'll get in with their offer much later than a lot of SEC schools it does feel like OU still has a real chance here when they finally put out that offer. But it may need to be um, sometime soon. This will be an interesting thing to uh, monitor. On the uh, subject of recruiting, Ashton Cozart is probably the most interesting thing on the OU recruiting front. So we'll hit a break. We'll talk about Ashton Cozart. Is he going to be in Eugene? Is he not going to be in, in, in uh, Eugene? We'll tell you coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Friday Rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. We're here with you until 6 p.m. tonight. 405-651-3439 is the number to interact with the show. On the Air Cover Solutions text line, Travis is in Tulsa. Ask Cigar Lounge, 4205 South Sheridan Road. Go by and see him. Arch Manning has officially set his Texas official visit June 17th through the 19th. It's Texas, it's Georgia, it's Alabama there. But Ashton Cozart reportedly visiting Oregon this weekend. How is this staff going to handle this situation, Travis Davids? And that's the the question we're all wondering right now. He is the first to be a committed player but take a visit elsewhere. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. It almost feels like a social experiment that we're watching, right? I mean, obviously, uh, we're invested in it emotionally as as fans and people who talk about uh, OU football. But it's interesting because when Venables came over, when he got hired, we wanted to look at it and say, okay, what elements of you know Clemson's kind of ideology and recruiting tactic is he going to bring over? Is he going to make kids decommit? You know, he talks about commitment often. If you've heard him speak, uh, really talks about the importance of commitment, not only them be, being commits being recruits being committed to us, but the program being committed to those recruits. So, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Does he make him decommit? Uh, I definitely, I mean, I know for a fact they are not going to stop recruiting him by any means if he does take that visit. This is not a situation where, oh, if you take a visit, you're off our board. This is not one of those situations. When he does take that Oregon visit, um, he will still be on the board and he'll still be recruited extremely heavily. Um, they just I'm just not sure whether they're going to make it official on decommitment, but he's definitely not, he's not going anywhere as far as the Oklahoma coaches are concerned as far as how hard they're going to recruit him. Tell you this, man, Oregon's one of those schools right now to where if you have a committed player visiting there, that's one of the schools that, you know, gives you a little pause just because of what they're doing in the NIL game, you know? Um, I almost had the feeling that everyone that goes for a recruiting visit to Eugene comes back with a nice little potential NIL deal. Maybe I'm wrong there, but Oregon's one of those schools with how aggressive they are that's like, oh boy, what's he going to be leaving town with? Yeah, a, a Nike duffel bag full of cash maybe basically uh, from Uncle Phil. But, uh, but I mean, it's something to remember with Ashton Cozart, and we remember this um, <clears throat> back when his 7-on-7 seven seven team was traveling uh, through uh, Oklahoma. He's a Pacific Northwest guy. He's from there. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of ties to that area. So this isn't just this isn't a kid from Florida coming up there. So definitely be something to watch. But I like OU's odds in the long run. Hour number two of the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Travis Davidson coming up next.